Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Clore. Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore, and as the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, I hope that you are reading my efforts in the enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com every week. And as always, my co-host is none other than longtime club president and Mustang hobby and industry guru, Mike Ray, who is known in the enthusiast world as the king of connections. And Mike, tonight our guests talk about connections. Uh, they're one of the better-known collector couples in the hobby, especially in the MCA and Team Shelby circles, and not only have quite the Mustang collection, but also quite the stories with all the events they've attended over the years. This is going to be a fun one. I, I can't wait, and uh, my favorite couple ever, and every time we're with them, it's nothing but great, good time and good memories. Well, that's for sure. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Helena and Ron Semler to the podcast. Helena and Ron, thanks for joining us tonight. You are I welcome. miss it. Are you kidding? So, uh, Helena, I think a lot of people um, may know your name because for some reason you've got it yourself on FordPerformance.com. You've been in Newsweek magazine and, and their online service. You've actually been in one of my books. You're kind of like everywhere. You and Ron go everywhere. I don't know how you do it. Is it just who's your scheduler? I don't know, because, you know, it's funny. All my friends say to me, um, do you get more vacation than anyone else? <laughs> and I say, no, it's just that we make really good use of the days that we have. Oh, you sure do. And uh, folks, in case you don't know, uh, Helena is a New Jersey doctor and she's got a great story about her uh, life in the medical career and then uh, and her life in the Mustang hobby and meeting with Ron. Uh, for some reason, Ron said, you know what, I'm going to just follow this craziness and got himself involved in this hobby. And now the two of you are inseparable. And when you go to events, especially when you're in the MCA circles, all the nationals you've been to, all the team Shelby events, but you've been to some really big events. You've even been events outside of the United States. That is very true. Um, as far as foreign countries, we went um, on Shelby Run Europe where we shipped the cars by transport ship. And uh, uh, then we drove through 10 countries in Europe. And during that time, we also got to go to Le Mans and we had the cars on display at Le Mans and we got to go on the Nürburgring. And uh, I mean, it was just a really exciting trip. And it was so great that we decided to, when SMC said they were doing another foreign trip, we shipped the cars to New Zealand and drove through New Zealand for two weeks. Oh, wow. I, I'm lucky you get to Toledo. You know, but, but that, you know, that's what makes you guys so cool. And Ron, I don't know how you pull this off, getting these cars in all these places. Well, uh, and, and folks, in case you don't know this, I mean, um, just before the launch of the S650, um, remember, Mike, we got the call from Ford. Hey, do you guys know any really cool Mustang owners? And how long did it take us, Mike, to quit laughing? <laughs> yeah, always the last minute call for us to round up all the owners and with the cool cars to show off. Well, of course, we said, well, you want great stories. We had to mention Ron and Elena. And, um, you know, we thought, Elena, that they were going to do this big interview and just put it on the Ford website. And then you got a call from Newsweek. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, uh, pretty exciting because 
I mean, people in the car community appreciate our cars and our collection, and they appreciate the events we go to. But when you get into something like a Newsweek, you're reaching people beyond the car circuit. So, you know, people were contacting us that, you know, were not car people, but knew us through, you know, other channels. And they were like, wow, I never knew you had this collection. And so it was more of a national audience rather than just a car audience. Well, I mean, you know, we understand, you know, that you you were born and raised in New Jersey. Your dad was a mechanic and your, was it your brother that had a shop? No, his brother. My dad was a mechanic and Uh then his brother had a chain of auto body shops. Okay. So So, yeah, you were exposed to cars. Right. All the time. I mean, I grew up at going to car shows and going to quarter midgets and going to NASCAR races and, and going to cruise nights and anything car related. And then um, Ron and I started dating when I was 16. So you didn't, have a Mustang, you didn't have a Mustang when you were 16, did you? Uh, uh, well, I had I, one when I was 17. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did. Yeah. But how, so you, you got, uh, you got one of the early cars and I think the best quote that you had in the Newsweek story is when you found a, I think you, would you found a 68, right? Yeah. Yeah. My 68. You really looked around and Mike, you know what their criteria was? They wanted, Uh, they wanted a 68 with floors in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. That's all my dad said it had to have. He said, we have to find one with good floorboards. I love it. So you did, you did find one and did you drive it as a young girl? Yeah, that was my car all through high school all through college and actually into the first year of med school. But then it didn't have air conditioning. And in med school, um, I was like, you know what? I'm at the point where I think I need air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who needs that, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, so so that's why Ron, he figures, look, here's a 17, 16-year-old girl who's into Mustangs. I get it, Ron. We totally get it. But did you have the same affliction? Well, I came from a family that had Ford vehicles, but we weren't really car culture, shows, cruises. Um, that was more when I started dating her, what they were into. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't think, Mike, do you remember any of the kids in your school that driving around in Mustangs? Yeah, that's how I got involved with Mustangs was my little group of guys the kids I hung out with all started getting Mustangs and that's how I got the, the fever, if you will. And uh, so I had to get one and I've owned them since high school. In my high school, uh, the dads gave all the kids these big giant beaters, big old Mercury's and stuff they could smash into trees with. They, I mean, only a couple of kids had the Mustangs, the, the rich kids had them and we couldn't, uh, I mean, why did you get that? Your dad bought you that? And we said, you know, the me driving a 57 Ford, you know, and everybody had Lincolns and I said their grandfather's cars because the parents were worried about. So, Helena, did you get a lot of tickets? Uh, yeah, but, you know, the funny thing is, first of all, it was a six cylinder. Um, my dad said right off the bat, you can't have an eight cylinder. Um, so it was only a 200. So it didn't get me in that much trouble. But, you know, at that age, you can get in trouble no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So, so uh, Helena, then you decided, you know what? Um, you, you were attracted to going to medical school. Um, I mean, it's one thing to be a car collector. And some of the doctors I know that are car collectors, you know, they're they're retired. And but you were going to med school, still had this Mustang affliction, and then you had quite the story uh, in med school. 
Um, and then your life changed quite significantly. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've had a, a couple of uh, things happen to us in our lifetime, but uh, years ago, I had uh, a brain hemorrhage and I had to have brain surgery. And at that time, that really um, would have affected my career choices um, because I have uh, decreased function and feeling in my right hand. So uh, surgery wasn't, you know, as big an option. So, uh, but now I actually am boarded in two specialties and I practice both radiology and nuclear medicine. Um, I'm boarded in both specialties and I've actually been voted uh, the top doctor in New Jersey, in New Jersey Monthly Magazine uh, many years, including the new issue that just came out this month. So if anyone has their New Jersey Monthly, I'm on page 80. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm going to find out what page you're on in my book as well. <laughs> you were there when Malali was in New York. But Helena, you have you had quite the the story. But the 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 real story is that you and Ron, um, you know, after you got back in, if you get married, you started thinking, well, if one Mustang is good, two is better, three is even better. And then when did the holy hell just come saying, I like this one and I like that one? And then poor Ron, how do I mean? Poor Ron, I know. Where is he going to put all these cars? And that was the problem. So what happened was, and, and I think really this was when it started, was we were at an MCA dinner. And at the MCA dinner, they said, okay, stand up if you have a Mustang. And of course, everybody stood up because everybody has a Mustang. And they said, okay, stay standing if you have two Mustangs. And, you know, some people had two, so they stayed standing. And then they said, stay standing if you have three. Stay standing if you have four. And by the end, um, you know, I, I think at the time we only had maybe four Mustangs. So I had to sit down. And then I said to Ron, I said, I am never going to sit down again. So, <laughs> so after that day, I mean, we just started getting more and more and, now, you know, we're up to like 26 cars and, uh, you know, it, 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 Ron always tells the story that, you know, first, well, you can tell honey, how we got the lifts and filled and. Yeah. You had to do that one. You had to start, start thinking ahead, Ron. Yeah, no, that's what, and well, when we moved into our house 20 years ago, the garage was two cars wide with a lot of height. And we took out some landscaping in the front of the driveway. We, we were able to get three cars across the top of the driveway. So now we've got three and five, but we have height. And it's like, okay, well, if we put in lifts, we can get two more cars. <laughs> so we put in lifts and we get two more cars. And it's like, well, we really want this other car. It's like, but okay, we'll put, we'll put a daily driver out on the street. Mm. Well, then there's another car we want. And it's like, <laughs> Well, okay, now we're out of space. So we buy 1,800 square feet 10 minutes away, which seems like a lot of room when you have one car in it. Mm -hmm. Then you go to two, three, seven, put three lifts in, and now we're at 11 and a trailer <laughs> in offsite. And yeah. seven at the house. Oh my God, what a shuffle. You know, it's tough enough. When my kids got cars, just getting them in and out of the driveway when somebody's going to work early, you know, <laughs> you, you've, you've got, you've got a mess on your hands, but, but I think that, I mean, come on, Mike, when you think about the people in the hobby, we know some couples that are in the hobby and they have one or two cars, they're a lot of fun. Then we know some collectors, but not collector couples. Usually it's usually the guy or the gal and, and they're kind of in it by themselves because 
the other side of the spouse work says, you know, go ahead and be crazy. But to have a collector couple and then a hobbyist couple like this, I mean, Mike, even in your club, this is pretty rare. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's why they're appreciated so much, too, is that I think everybody values that uh, when they see them and hangs out with them. Like I said, to me, it's always great memories with us. We're always having a good time. We're always laughing and just making memories, not just for us, but for everybody around us as well. So, Mike, you had a role in adding to their their collection. But before we get into that, Helena, you have quite the mix. I mean, you I know you uh, you do eventually developed a, a real affection for the SN95s. Why yes. was that? Why was that? Well, the first car that I bought new, like the day that I graduated med school and I was going to start my uh, internship, uh, I went out and bought my first new Mustang. And that was an SN95. It was a 96. Again, it was just a six cylinder because I couldn't afford anything else. I was just getting out of school. And I had a lot of student loans. So it was a six cylinder. I had no options except I added the rear defrost uh, because we were at the time I was working at Brown. Uh, I was doing surgery at Brown University and up there they get a lot of snow. So <laughs> the only thing I added was the rear defrost. But that really, um, since then, I have just really loved the SN95. It was my first new car. It was purple because back then, you know, purple was a stock color. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it just, I love that car. So after that, the seats are comfortable. They're, they're nice to drive. They're just a great model. So yeah, after that, I, you know, the, the purple is a very rare color that year. Oh, yeah. And then, so then after that, I decided I needed more of the rare colors from that year. So then we got a Mystic Cobra. And then, you know, people don't realize the tangerine orange from that year is actually even more rare mm -hmm. than the Mystic Cobras because they only made 800 and some. So then I got the tangerine orange. I looked for that one for years. Um, but uh, yeah, so, and then I got a, a Celine, a 96 Celine. that was a previous rental car. It was a budget rental car. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my SN95 collection by itself has definitely grown by leaps and bounds. Well, and, and uh, Ron's uh, efforts have, have paid off in getting your Mystic Cobra now on display at the Halderman Museum in Tip City, Ohio. And it's a big uh, popular attraction there because people say, did you see that green? That I mean, see that brown? I mean, did you see that purple? Wait a minute. What color is that? <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of uh, stop walking by it. You're the one who taught me that the fourth color is named root beer. That's you right. Know, before that, I never knew that the, the fourth color there was a root beer color. Well, Mike, Mike thought of you uh, because he said today, Mike, did something roll into your dealership? Yeah, we got a, a batch of Mustangs in today, and they brought one in the showroom floor, and it's, of course, purple, and it's sitting right in front of my desk. And <laughs> Helena, Helena took delivery earlier this year of a purple one, not yes. including the other uh, um, car you were talking about, John. Well, yeah, so we have to tell everyone. So, yeah, you know, not only that, Ron Ron became uh, one of my, I mean, one of my favorite people in the world when I saw that he had a couple of second-generation Mustangs. Um, and uh, some some really nice examples of Mustang twos, SN95s. You have the originals. I'm thinking, well, then she had a Celine, and then you got the Shelby Affliction. You guys have a couple of really nice Shelbys, and then Helena, the the collectors, the the 40th anniversary, and then you have a 50th anniversary as well. Yes, yeah. Um, when I bought, actually, when they were coming out with the 2005, you know, which was again a new body style. Um, I went in and I said, you know what? I want to order 
uh, the 2004 40th anniversary. And I also want to order a 2005 new Mustang. <laughs> so I ordered two at the same time. Just one, you know, was a year later. Um, and the 40th, we parked in the warehouse and we have never driven it. Um, it got, uh, honey, I think it was what, 11 miles on it. Oh, wow. It's something it's like less that. than 20. Oh yeah. gosh, I didn't know that. It, oh. it actually, it actually picked up almost half its miles at one of the MCA anniversary shows <laughs> because trailer parking was way over there and the car's <laughs> space was way over there. So just the drive from the trailer back and forth, put a couple miles on it. Oh, you that's incredible. Uh, but then you've you've had this problem before, I mean, with your other Shelby's, and I mean, I was fortunate enough to be able to drive one of your Shelby's. But <laughs> then I heard uh, earlier this year when Mike said, "Hey, John, you can't believe this, but Helena is going to come to Michigan and she's picking up a new GT500." So, so let's go see her, and we'll go out to dinner, and which is like Mike says, we always have a great time with you guys. So we go <laughs> and we get this. You had this GT500. Oh my God, is that thing beautiful? And you guys actually drove it back. I was so excited. But then a couple months later, after that, I get a call. Mike says, hey, John, you know, the assemblers are coming over to pick up the GT500. I said, Mike, did you fall down? <laughs> They've already been here to pick up. The he goes, no, no, John. <laughs> I said, no, the assemblers, Ron and Helena. He goes, yeah. I go, what? He goes, come on, why don't you come to the dealership? They're going to get the GT500. I go, they have a GT500. He goes, John, they're getting another one. So you have his and hers, Shelby, GT500s. Yes. Ron is lucky enough to have the newer one. Uh, I have uh, a 2020 and he has a 2021 as our daily, daily drivers. Yours is uh, that, that bright orange color. Yeah. And Ron, you got a really wicked color. Yeah, I got antimatter blue, which for anyone unfamiliar with antimatter blue, looks black until the sun hits it. And then it's blue metallic. Now, because the cars are blue and orange, they are also, I have Dory and she has Nemo. <laughs> oh, that's good. You know, Mike, I have to give you some credit. Um, when they came to pick up the Animator Blue GT500, um, I don't know, some somebody rolled in a uh, Roush Mustang on your floor and and then Elena walks by and she goes, Ron, Ron, I don't have a Roush. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, goes, Mike comes back a few minutes later with the, with the numbers on it. I go, Mike, Mike, what, Mike, what's wrong with you? They were just picking and up. I, speaking of, I did just get a Roush white one in the other day. So it's fresh for you, waiting for you, Elena, to it's add to the collection to complete it. Yes, yeah, Celine's <laughs> and Shelby's. I said, oh, my gosh. So, I mean, you guys and, have and really – I just want to go on record. We have nothing against the Roush Mustangs. <laughs> Yeah, it no, just for some reason one. hasn't happened yet. It's just right. No, I love uh, all Mustangs. I'll so. send numbers over tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the problem is, Mike, um, Ron has not figured out how to get some of the Mustangs into their front room of their house. Because they're running yeah. out. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> so like we just need to build a warehouse, like, you know, like a Berardi museum for them as well. Yeah. Well, I Helena, uh, you guys you guys are, are known uh, at the, I mean, when you go to the events, you always have colorful hair. You always step up and you you help so many charities. Uh, and I think you and actually did, I think Mike Ray actually went with you to one of those Shelby events in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Oh, yeah. We go um, every year. We go to Terlingua, Texas, which um, 
it, Ram likes to say it's beyond the end of nowhere. Um, <laughs> and it's actually past the U.S. Border Patrol. So when we come back into town, we have to go through the U.S. Border Patrol. That's how far it is <laughs> from, you know. But um, that the reason we go there, and people always say, well, why do you go to that location? And yeah. that's because mm -hmm. Carol Shelby used to have a ranch there. And it, it is still there, Terlingua Ranch. And the Terlingua Racing Team was one of his... Um, you know, racing things back in the 60s. So we go there. We actually have scholarships. We put a few kids through college from the schools there because it's a very impoverished area. Um, one year they told us uh, there was a car accident and they told us they didn't have defibrillators. Whoa. So we all got together and bought defibrillators for all the ambulances. Um, then uh, the year after that, they had an accident in the desert and they didn't have portable lights that they could look at, you know, at night. They had to shine the headlights of the trucks into the, the desert. So we all got together and bought them that. We also, they have a charity there also where we send uh, veterans through the national parks. Oh, so that, that's um, another program we support there in the desert. So, I mean, we, we do a lot of, I like to think we do a lot of good work there. And so we go all the way out there, which is like a three-day drive there and back every year and so i mean but for us it's worth it we think it's a really worthwhile charity oh yeah when mike went he told me he thinks he now qualifies to be a nasa because he went to the moon <laughs> it seems that way so, it so ron, that many miles. It, it, it gets a little desolate in some places so ron would you say the bull run you did in texas or maybe the new york to la cannonball or possibly one of your route 66 trips would be your favorite between those three, wow, that's tough. I would have to say probably Route 66 because there's a lot of old road still yeah. out there if you look for it, which we did. Yeah. Um, you know, we were we were not that car blowing by a section of old Route 66 on the interstate. Good for you. We were that car out on old Route 66 doing maybe 35 miles an hour. Yeah. Ear to ear grins, top down, having a blast, stopping at all these little roadside attractions that are still there. Um, that's that, it, it was just it was just a fun trip. That's what makes you guys real hobbyists. I mean, if you've ever driven with Mike Ray, but that's why I've not really I've driven with Mike and it's like being on the cannonball run. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> he's not really late for anything i don't know why he drives like that but no but mike that, that to me tells us and all of our listeners what kind of hobbyists they are that's received the part of america that, that and a part of automotive history that's on the 66 not only all the good you guys do the events you go to how much fun you have not just the mcr team shelby not just your collection your great story but the fact that you're just great people and hobbyists to be with and we can't be more pleased to have you being celebrated in newsweek and now you can tell everybody you were on the mustang owners podcast well i hope you know that you two are two of our favorite people as well yes you are well, you'd say that until Mike tries to get a, a, a Roush Mustang parked in the driveway. It won't, bother, it won't bother me. It'll just bother Ron, who has to find a spot for it. Yeah, there's no spot for it. Mike, you have to admit, you know, when uh, it's always it's it's always good laughs. You know, the cars are, are always awesome and fun. And we always talk about cars. But after that, 
you've said this a million times, Mike, being the longtime president of one of the greatest Mustang clubs in the planet, that it's not a, the cars may come and go, but it's the people that make the hobby. That's what it's all about. And um, like I said, I can give you a million stories alone just on that, where you meet lifelong friends and where it doesn't matter what kind of car you have anymore. And we made a guy a lifetime member in our club after he sold his last Mustang. He hasn't owned one since, but he's just been still so involved and so helping the club and um, just a great all-around guy. And so, it's like I said, it's, it, you don't have to own the car. You just need to be an enthusiast. And um, that, that goes to so many different levels. It's, I can't even talk about it. Well, that's why we love you guys. And uh, I have to, we can't close without mentioning that now I've just the other day saw the Chevy Chase uh, Christmas vacation movie. And then it reminded me of you guys. Uh, whatever prompted you to buy the, the American Family Truckster's 1972 <laughs> Country Squire? You have one of those. I do. I do. Well, you know, back in our day, I mean, I'm 52. I'll say that in public. And uh, back in my day, we all drove in the station wagons. That's what our parents had. So you were in the back, back, you know, in the third row, facing backwards, making faces of people out the back window. And so to me, that was a car of my childhood. So, you know, when I started looking around for wagons, that, that a friend of mine found that wagon. And I mean, before we even got the Marty report, we knew that it was a pretty rare car, um, you know, since it has the Cobra Jet engine in it. So. <laughs> Typical Ron and Helena. They can't just buy a Ford wagon. It's got to have a CJ under the hood. Ron, you you knew what that was coming. You knew it. Yeah, it's a it's a 429 CJ station wagon. Whoever the original owner was put every luxury option on it, but the big tow package apparently was not slowing down uphill with the air conditioning on. And when we got the Marty report, color and options, it's a one of two. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you had to add that to your collection. Well, we know you guys are going to be very active down the road even more. And uh, Helena and Ron, we just want to thank you for taking time out of your super busy schedules and just chatting with us about being this wonderful collector couple and just the, the things you do and the fun you make <laughs> everywhere you go. People smile and laugh. We're just, Mike, I'm just kind of honored just to know these two yep me too okay well ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed our little trip uh with ron and helena semler and uh, you'll definitely see them if you go to an mca or team shelby event or just any kind of big mustang event in the upcoming future ron and helena thanks again for joining us tonight you are most welcome we had a great time you ladies know i wouldn't miss it okay and ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us and just remember for the next story we'll just have to catch you down the road.